Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. Today, I'm interviewing authors for the Writers Unleashed Sutherland Shire Writers Festival, and it's such a privilege to be podcasting for this wonderful festival. And a shout out to all the organisers, particularly the one I've been working with, Danuka McKenzie, who's been able to make this happen. I am super excited to welcome a return guest, Sue Whiting. Sue has worked in publishing for two decades. She's a children's book editor, mentor, and writing coach, and the author of numerous books for children and young adults, including the best-selling Missing, the award-winning A Swim in the Sea, and a number of CBCA notable books. Sue's latest novel for readers, 10 Plus, The Book of Chance, was recently shortlisted for the 2021 CBCA Book of the Year Awards. Welcome, Sue. Does anything you not write not get an award or a notable? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Hi, Danny. I can assure you. In fact, the Book of Chance... um, shortlisting with the cbca is my first shortlisting with the cbca so i've had lots of notables so it was 21 years in the making wow pretty sweet i have to say very sweet it just sounds so impressive your bio and i love your books and the book of chance i loved that book so much oh thank you about that on um on the words nerds podcast so Welcome. I'm having a simulated uh, Writers' Festival experience today because I'm doing 11 back-to-back interviews and it sounds exhausting, but it's been absolutely joyful. So I'm so glad to have you as part of those 11. I want to know though, Sue, what do you love about a Writers' Festival? Oh, back in the dim, dim dark festival <laughs> <laughs> past when we used to have them. Pre-plague. The it's sort of like a nostalgic feeling mm. when I think about festivals now, about all the festivals that um, haven't gone ahead. And I don't want to put a downer on it, but, but it is our reality. But I do um, love festivals. I love, and the thing I was really looking forward to, you know, actually getting to the, the Southern Shire Festival this year was it's catching up with all the other authors, number one, um, and and seeing how they're doing and just having a chat um, with people you hadn't seen for a long time. But it's the same with festivals or even with school visits. The the best part is connecting with your readers and you know and sharing my own enthusiasm for books and writing and story and storytelling and then feeding off um, you know the people who are listening's enthusiasm. It's it's such a buzz and it's really motivating as an author as well because after you you know finish the festival you're obviously exhausted but it gives you that that energy that adrenaline and that drive to keep going with what you're doing and I find it really motivating as for my own writing afterwards once the festivals are all over mm-hmm. so I do miss the actual proper um, face-to-face festivals but the online ones are you know we're so lucky with technology that we can do this if we didn't have this you know would be very isolated even more so and I'm not quite sure how we'd all cope really. Absolutely and it's been my sort of saviour in this second lockdown which has been quite tough for me um, anxiety wise etc but I think you know making sure you still connect with people however you can even though sometimes I feel like I live more in a zoom screen than in real life. Yes (laughs) (laughs) but it has been tough it's been I think it's getting and because it's it's such a long um road ahead and we yes. can't really see the end of it it is yes. tough for for everyone i think we're all yes. suffering from anxiety and yeah absolutely and i think that's the the toughest part is yeah. um there doesn't seem to be an end but it is our lot and so as always we just um do what we can to the make the you know the most of whatever we absolutely. have and our families and what outdoor space we we can yes access. that's yeah. right and losing mm. yourself into uh all these books. interviews i'm doing today ah, and the interviews books. and the yes. books always the books and uh, yes it's good to have some projects 
Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Now, your session at the Writers' Festival, we're not going to delve deeply into that because that's yes. a separate session, but, I, you know, there were seven things you need to know if yes. you want to write for children. I just want to know one, Sue. Can you give me one thing? <laughs> one thing. Well, it was interesting because when um, Alison, Tate and I were working out what we would say, there was like 77 things. Oh, wow. Well, tell uh, me one of the things you didn't say in the session. Oh, I can't even think what they are now. But one of, <laughs> one of the things that we did say, which is kind of a bit of a no-brainer, but it is a really important point, is that to be a children's author, you have to write a children's book. And I know that sounds kind of obvious, but um, we talked a lot about what actually makes a children's book and how sometimes um, authors think that they've written a book for children but they haven't really because they haven't sort of nailed that child voice or they're not really thinking like a child mm -hmm. and that their concerns and content is really from an adult point of view without realising it. We, You know, it's hard to sometimes lose our adult self yeah. and delve into that child self. So that was one of the, you know, the points that come to mind because it seems kind of obvious, yeah, you have to write a children's book, but it's not um, as simple as it seems and it's not as obvious as it seems. Mm. So that was one of the tips. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great tip. Yeah, no, I love <laughs> let's, let's do the 76. We'll do the countdown. No, just joking. Um, but it, it's really interesting because I definitely agree with that. But how do you know when you pick up your manuscript or someone else's manuscript, how do you pinpoint whether it is written for children or not? Is that the, the impossible question? Well, it, it's, I suppose a lot of it is your gut feeling and your experience and, you know, by reading a lot of children's, you know, successful mm. children's books and by hang, and hanging out with kids um, helps, gives you a lot of insight. And I think you can, you, you know, you have a radar when you can sort of tell that this, that the voice is not an authentically a, a child voice. It comes across as an adult voice and even masquerading as a child. And I think children, you know, pick up on, they have a, even, you know, finer sense of uh, a finer radar that'll you know acute radar that will pick that up really quickly and dump you because they don't they don't see themselves being reflected yeah so it is i think it's experience and gut feeling mm -hmm. uh, but and it's really just delving into your inner child and looking at things um from the perspective of a child not an adult pretending to be a child so you know that naivety um you know, don't have the same kind of background knowledge. You can't, you know, we talked about how you wouldn't necessarily, you know, have a Shakespearean um, <laughs> quote or, you know, reference. It's one of the things that people reference because they love to, you know, as authors, yeah. we love to throw in those kind of references. If it's not authentic to that character, well, it's no no good, you know, it doesn't work. And and also seeing things from a child's um, point of view as far as they're, they're short. And they see the world differently. So, you know, they're looking up at things that they can't look over that fence. They can't see over that shoulder. So those types of, they're the little mm. sort of tips that sort of help you to cue in whether that um, character really is authentically a child character. I love and that, Sue. Yeah. I still have that problem. I can't see over fences and things. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Maybe that's why we're not right for children because I haven't really, you know, grown up as well as I was always Quite. the shortest in my class. Yeah. Same. And still, same. Am. still am when I go and teach, you know, go to schools, I'm nearly always the shortest. <laughs> Absolutely. Once we get to grade six, that's it. You know, they all power over me. All the steps. I, I know the feeling. But it's also interesting in seeing what kids enjoy reading. And I, I like yes. listening to children about what do you like to read because that is very telling about the voice and the things that they're enjoying and they find funny and all those sort of things. Yes. And I think um, that's where, you know, the joy of going into schools and doing school visits, whether yeah. you do them virtually or whether you're actually face-to-face, -face, but it, obviously face-to-face -face you get more opportunities to do this, is to really – 
always ask that question what are you reading what do you like to read you know why do you like to read it what's and you can over the years of doing this i've seen you know, great trends and sometimes i get surprised at some of the things that all, some of the kids in in upper primary are reading um I, i'm quite shocked at, <laughs> at times you're reading that really, really? um and yeah that's you, you do really need to do your homework and know all those things and to and to tap into those interests and those loves and and like you said the humor of kids like mm. i think you know there's some obviously some wonderful um australian authors who really tap in to that um child humor so beautifully well mm. and and kids respond uh to that so well as well yeah absolutely and it is a joy and it's a joy to actually go back and i think you know i've got young kids reading to them because you do rediscover that joy yes. of kid lit you know yeah. and the i things love that, that they laugh about all yes. the things that they are scared about too you yes. know sometimes yes. we, we you know we think that they're a little bit braver than we give them credit to mm. at times that's and, actually a really good point yeah. and i love whenever i hear my kids my son particularly is an avid reader he's nine and i love when he i hear him laughing out loud and he's top yes. bunk and i'll say what are you laughing at read me that page that you're yes. laughing at because i really want to see what's resonating with him at this point ah, if he's that's doing. a great thing to do yeah, yeah i love to i never want him to grow up he's like the perfect age to be reading all this <laughs> They do. They do, unfortunately. Yeah, they do. And I'll, I'll let him. That's okay. <laughs> Begrudgingly. <laughs> so why are you drawn to writing stories for young people? Oh, that's a really good question. I, um, I started out my professional life as a primary school teacher and I wasn't interested in writing as a, as a child. I've come to writing sort of later on in life. And when I was a primary school teacher, I fell in love with children's books, mainly for the reasons that we're talking about, actually, because I just love sharing books with my classes. I knew that as soon as, in, as, soon as I picked up a book and I'd, I'd have the, you know, everyone's attention. And I love that, that, that feel when you've got them on the edge of the seats and their eyes are wide and they're just hanging off every word that you're reading. And, and that sort of, um, you know, made me fall in love with, with kids' books and that, then, you know, eventually um, I sort of felt that I this great desire that I wanted to write uh, my own books for kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it comes from a place of, I think I've always wanted to write. I just was sort of blocking it out for most of my life through <laughs> lack of confidence and all other things. Yeah. It's sort of a long story in itself. But once I did um, recognise that I had this passion to write and then um, gave it a crack and, and sort of developed the craft and did, you know, all the things you need to do to develop as a writer a bit later in life, um, I know I, I, it's that joy of being able to write something that the kids do connect with or resonate with. Not every child, obviously, but just whoever resonates with your um, your own story, like there's no better feeling. And as a person who was very committed to um, literacy development, that was my big thing as a teacher. And also making sure um, not just teaching kids how to read, but to you know, to put them on that path, to find that right book, to become a lifelong reader. That was sort yeah. of my mission <laughs> yeah. as a teacher above all else. And so when you um, have a book that you've written and and you, you do that for one child in your life, you know, hopefully you do it for more, but even if you just do it for one child, well, that's 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 the draw for me. That's yeah. just the most amazing feeling um, to think that something that you've written has connected with this child and it set them on that foot they want to read more. That's just mm. perfect. It is, it is. And it's so special when you put a book in the hands of a child and it, they love it and they laugh oh, at it yes. and they resonate it with it. And, mm. you know, my son, he'll read it again and again and again. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> I love it when I get emails from parents saying, I've read whatever book it is, like picture books, 3,655 yes. times. And I go, sorry, but not sorry. You know, like it's that's the best feedback you can ever get. You Absolutely. Know, that, and picture books are wanting it more and more. Yeah, picture mm -hmm. books are exactly like that. You know, with little kids, you do yes. tend to read the picture books a thousand million times, which, mm. you know, is great for so many things, you know, Absolutely. their love of language and their learning of language and story and comfort and all those psychological things as well. And that's why I think for a picture book, it's so important to also be able to engage and entertain the adult reader as well yes. as the child. It has reader. to have those layers, doesn't it? Because mm. that poor adult um, <laughs> does have to suffer through it um, many, many times. And that is the, you know, the hallmark of a really successful picture book, the Absolutely. ones that do have those repeat readings and the ones that the parents still enjoy after the six millionth <laughs> read. And I like the ones, between. yeah, I like the ones that you can talk about too. You know, there's yes. something in there that they ask you a question about and you're like, oh, let's talk about, you know, this idea in this book. So they're the really special ones, I think. Yeah. Mm. There's some beautiful books out there. Yes, yeah. spoiled for choice Australia. we are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are. I think I think our our kid lit industry is just incredible, and we are so spoiled for choice and talent that it's such a great time to yes. be involved in that you know that kid lit mm. industry or be a kid. Imagine being a kid now with all those books. So many more books than when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, we were lucky if we had a couple of golden books. Yes, and yes. Um, and then as I got a bit older, Enid Blight, and that was sort mm -hmm. of you know, my diet. And um, now, you know, when I think about, I am now a Nana, I just have to say. Oh, congratulations. A granddaughter who's eight weeks old and, oh. and already I'm collecting books for her. And there's just so many, <laughs> so many I wanted to have. That's a special time, so it's a very it special very time. very special, mm -hmm. yeah. At eight weeks, I love eight that. Eight weeks, yes. And they're actually living with us at the moment. Oh, so, you know, we're very hands-on which is not lucky. <laughs> mm, I remember those eight weeks, the floppy head and the beautiful smell and the snuggles. I yes. also remember not sleeping, but you tend to romanticise these things. That's so. okay. I don't need to worry about that part. It's the grandmother. <laughs> that's fine. You just get the snuggles and the smell. I just get them. The... That's right. Mm. All the good bits. Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> now, I want to know what you've learned. I mean, we talked about connecting with authors and talking to other writers about process and connecting in that kind of way. Over the years, what have you learnt from authors, not particularly to inform your own writing, but just about the process itself? Oh, I think you're learning all the time. Um, I, I, I'm, can't, I'm struggling to think of one thing. Mm. Uh, I certainly have learned from reading other authors an awful lot about um, process of, of writing and, and how to craft a book, and I think that's really important. Um, I think, well, you know what, I think I've learned everything from other authors when I think about it. You know, I started late and so um, all the books I read before I started informed, I knew a lot about writing even though I hadn't been writing mm -hmm. because I'd been a reader all that time. And then, you know, talking, um, like as, for instance, just as an example, when Alison and I were doing our session together and talking and um, about uh kid lit and 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 sharing each other's um ideas you're just you forever uh, it's such a wonderful community of sharers you know it's not a competitive um you know community at all i mean there might be one or two that are a little bit competitive but mostly we even though we are competing for readers and sales and all those things but we are it's not like that we are all a very vibrant com community that help each other all the time and some of the help you know will be for 
for when you are a little bit um, down, when you're getting rejections or you've had a bad review or your publisher said something that upset you or whatever, you know, it, it, there's people there um, that are always there to help you. Now, I have two um, best buddies in, in writing. I have lots of buddies in writing, but way back, must be nearly 20 years ago now, um, at a Children's Book Council conference in Perth, I met um, Sally Murphy and Claire Saxby. And we were at a similar sort of stage in our careers at that time, just sort of starting out, had a few education books, trying to crack the trade um, market. And we and and over those years, I don't know, probably about 18 years, maybe you know, getting close to 20, um, I know that they've got my back every, you know, every step of the way and, and I've got their back. And whenever we've had, you know, challenges, that's who we go to and, and, and we advise each other, we help each other. And it's just um, so, so lovely to have those mm. friends. And then there's the wider community that, that are there for you as well. So I'm sure you found that too. It's just yeah. everyone basically knows each other and everyone will support you know, like last year with COVID when all the books first came out and the bookshops were shutting, that's when the Book of Chance came out. And everyone just rallied and did whatever they could to support you and everyone who had books coming out at that time. And that's that's lovely, which doesn't really answer your question, but it's oh no, but it's special, and I'm glad I'm glad you went on that tangent because yeah. you know, being being part of the Kidlit community and even you know wider in saying the the mm. book community, book it is community. just such an amazing group of selfless people who you're absolutely who rally together to celebrate and support everybody's work. And yes. I've always been an enthusiast and cele love celebrating other people's stuff, and this is like this is where it is. You know? This is where it's happening all the time you know it's it, and I don't think anyone um it's not a gift like no one expects it it just happens yes you know it's everyone just it's just a really nice community yeah. to be in Absolutely. so all those people out there who are considering getting into um kid lit and some people who might have their first book coming out mm. soon Danny do I <laughs> <laughs> you're very kind <laughs> I mean you're already part of the community but it'll be you'll be part of the community with it in another capacity and you and you know everyone will will be there to support you and that's you know it's a real plus because you're not going to or you might but not many people get rich make writing children's books you might be able to you know scratch a bit of a living and um so if you're coming into the industry for that reason that's probably not a good reason but you will be supported and you will find a community that is vibrant and interesting and um and that will lift you up and support you and you'll do the same for them so yeah, yeah absolutely it's just the best community to be part of and it's hard to explain it to people who aren't sort of in that um no. industry and you try and explain how enthusiastic and how supportive and how mm. wonderful it is and they kind of just look at you like i don't think that is real and you're like, but it no is. no it you're is right. Real. that's right it's not how it's portrayed in the movies you know mm, <laughs> publishing right. is that cutthroat business and you know at the publishing end sometimes it can be but that the grassroots of the creators yeah um it's it is a different um um, bit different ball game and that's why we all do it I mean part of the reason that we, we keep at it probably because there are those rewards yeah absolutely and but it must attract a particular type of person it must do yeah. you know I think so I think it yeah. must yeah I don't know I wonder what type of person that is <laughs> maybe we shouldn't psychoanalyze no, that no, I just think that could just, be interesting just generally speaking you know the creative the the giver the enthusiast yeah. the rallier the and maybe because we're writing for children that has something to do with it maybe. um that that's the type of person that writes for children that that because it's not just um 
we're not just storytellers. We're writing for a particular audience and for a particular reason. And we don't write for children because it's easier and less words. Or yes. if we do, we soon learn that that's not the way it is. The less um, words, the more exposed they are, I believe. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Every word that's, has to be perfect. That's my current experience. Yeah. <laughs> now, Sue, you yes. write a whole bunch of different beautiful mm -hmm. books for all different types of audiences and ages but is there something that defines a Sue Whiting book at the heart of it? <laughs> um, oh, look I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my I'm sure my publicist and publisher would like to know that too. <laughs> I think um, you know I'd have written lots of different books. I think when I um, the Book of Chance and Missing, which are my sort of page-turning, suspense, mystery, crime kind of novels. I think that's my um, my pocket. I love writing, and for that age group, that 10 to 14 um, year age group. Uh, however, I have, of course, in, next year I've got uh, three books coming out, and they're all very different, of course. But if I think about them all, I, I like to think that I write page-turners, no matter mm -hmm. what they are, that have a lot of heart. So I think they're the two things, like character and emotion are really important to me and authenticity, even if it's a little bit um, strange, like <laughs> the book that's coming out in March. Um, and, yeah, that, that page turning, keeping, you know, the readers um, guessing and heart. They mm. That's that's the important thing. I, I don't know if that's accurate to all the books but that's generally what I'm trying to achieve yeah, yeah. no I love that that's a great answer and I'm looking forward to three books next year that's amazing so I look yes. forward to that we'll have to chat again Sue yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well as always I love speaking to you I think we always have such a lovely time and a nice conversation and um it's just going to be short this time so we've got 20 minutes doing a little bit of a, a round robin but that's been good too so i feel like i've had the nice. vibrant experience of a yeah. writers festival even if i'm stuck in my study so and it's nice to catch up it's lovely it to is. catch up and yeah. um and your head will be spinning at the end of the day no doubt <laughs> so i've got a big box of chocolate beside me i'm good oh you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much soon stay Danny. safe all right you too bye bye, bye. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.